Genre. Hi, I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. And we're from Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the entire Back to the Future trilogy one minute at a time. Like the minute when Principal Strickland becomes a vigilante hero of the wasteland after Biff takes over Hill Valley in the alternate 1985 timeline. I I don't... Wait, I don't I don't remember. Or that. the minute where we learn that Dr. Emmett Brown is secretly the saxophone king of Hill Valley. Hold on. When when did that or when, did that happen? when we slowly start to realize that George McFly may have murdered both of his parents. Okay. Now I don't I don't remember that being in the movies. Well, Scott, that's because none of those things are actually in the movies, but it's all stuff that we talk about on Back to the Future Minute. Back to the Future Minute, available at duelinggenre.com and wherever you get your podcasts. We solemnly swear we're up to no good. Welcome back, everybody, to Harry Potter Minute, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Laguna. And today, in a very Gryffindor common room filled day, we're talking about Minute 64. Minute 64 starts with Ron being rather upset about uh, the there being a monster like Fluffy in the school. And it ends with Oliver Wood... Opening the crate of Quidditch supplies. I mean, shouldn't Ron be upset? Ron has every reason <laughs> like, to be you upset. Know, like, shouldn't he be? What are they doing keeping like, a thing like that locked here? up in a school? Like, I I agree wholeheartedly. With Ron's sentiment With Ron's here. sentiment here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He's very right. Like, why is a giant three-headed dog? We talked about it a little like bit yesterday. Like, how do you think easily. that Fluffy got in there? And I am totally down with the idea of, like, a little shrunken down Fluffy. I think that's the yes. cutest. The cutest. <laughs> so I cute. love it. But really, like, if they had just... There's no way you could sneak something that big into the castle, even in the middle of the night, or, like, no one's going to, like, know. It must have happened before the kids got into school. Maybe, but then at the same time, like, it's awake. Dogs bark like they do. I don't care if they have three heads or one head. Yeah, but do you think that it's, it's loud like, enough that students on, like, the fourth core, the fourth floor, fourth floor corridor or can Or even hear the it? second. Yeah. The second floor. Yeah, it's, it's three heads. It's Wait a huge. minute. If this is the third floor corridor... And they go through a trap door. Does the entire, like, is the devil's snare and the flying keys, is that on, like, the second floor? The first floor? Like, how much of the school is, like, corded off for... They're on the third floor and they go right, under a trap they go down. One floor. To the second to floor. The second floor. They don't so fall four stories so, into Devil's Snare. So why is the second story not 
walled off. Forbidden. Yeah. Because wouldn't you go there and then there would be, like, Devil's Snare and all that other stuff? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's magic. It's magic. It's It's all you uh, can say and do is, like, oh, it's magic, whatever. Pocket universes. Pocket universes. Tim will be delighted. Perpendicular alley there. That we're bringing up pocket universes. Mm -hmm. I can't think of another reason. We'll have to discuss it more when we get to those scenes later. So, so yesterday, the end of yesterday, we saw them shutting the door in Fluffy's face and then turning around and walking, like, away from the door. Right. And then today, cut to their, their walking through a door into the dormitory, like, into the Gryffindor common room. Did they run the entire way from the third floor corridor? Did they not say anything to each other? Like, why didn't this conversation happen on the moving staircase or something? Too busy running away. They ran all the way back to the Gryffindor common room. They were so terrified. Spoke the password Capit to Cronus. And now they're inside the common room. I actually really love this walk and talk shot that we get in this minute. They cross the common room. They head up this winding staircase up to, like... The overlook that separates for each of the the dormitories, which I think each have their own spiral staircases that go up into the actual where the bedrooms are, like the beds are laid out. Mm-hmm. I uh, I like the camera movements in this as they follow the kids. Like the two of them are arguing back and in, forth in front of them, but kind of like tracing the path that they're walking. Yes. Well, yeah, and then and then they're going to pass the camera. Uh, it'll happen twice, actually. They'll pass the camera as they go up the staircase, and then we'll cut to inside the staircase, and then they'll pass the camera as they come onto the landing. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Good camera work. Yeah, I actually really like... Scenes. I really like this uh, particular shot. It's maybe one of my favorite, like, walk-and-talk moments of the movie. I really like the Gryffindor common room. It feels so cozy. I would love to, like, curl up on one of these chairs or on the Read fire. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. It does look cozy. It's got a nice warm fire. It has, like, big cozy chairs and couches or yeah. love seat things, whatever you want to call those. Yeah. And, uh, it's not overly bright or super dark. It just looks mm-hmm. very, uh, very homey. It does feel very homey. I don't want to hang out there. Ron is upset. That this giant dog is in the in the in the third floor corridor. As well, he should be. And Hermione's like, "Well, didn't you see what he's standing on?" Of course not, because they're too busy looking at the. He's too busy looking at his heads. Looking at his heads, like you didn't realize there were three of them. Yeah, the gnashing of teeth, like uh, where the wild things are. There was the gnashing of teeth. I've never seen that movie. No, it's in the book. I was in the book, too. There's a line well, in the book the about book. the gnashing of teeth. Oh, okay. Well, I've read the book. Then. Yeah. I thought you were making a reference to the movie. I haven't seen the movie, that. either. Oh, okay. So we're both in the same boat there. Yeah. But that was, like, my favorite book growing up. Like, as a little, it's little like kid. It's, like, the best. It's, like, so good. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say that was one of my favorites, as well. Aside from, like, the classics. Like, I had the complete series of Dr. Seuss books. Oh, so sure. I think uh, I think we had most of them too. But other than that, yeah, like where the wild things are was definitely a big deal. A, a very popular good book from back then. 
That's a good description, yes. It's very it's gnashing of the teeth where you hear that interlocking sound. Mm-hmm. We talked about that a lot Gnash yesterday. The teeth. So then, uh, you know, Ron's all indignant. Like, there were, if you didn't notice, there were three of them <laughs> in there reference to the heads. And, and Hermione's like, it was standing on a trapdoor, which means it was guarding something. Like, yeah, that's more important than how many heads it has. Harry's like, guarding something. Like, didn't mm. even consider, like, what do you mean guarding? What could it be guarding? What could it be guarding? Guarding something. I think even as an audience who's never seen this, read this book, seen this movie before, it's gotta be guarding that grubby little package that got taken, taken from, Hagrid. from Hagrid and taken to Dumbledore or whatever. Yeah. He was getting it for Dumbledore. Because someone tried to steal it. And we had this very long, drawn-out moment two weeks ago of, like, that's what was in... That's what the thief yes. was after. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, actually, we'll get that later. Well, in the whole the newspaper the scene, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really, like, momentous occasion between the three of them. They had that really long, drawn-out shot where they were kind of connecting the dots over the paper after... After hearing about the break-in. So, Hermione tells the boy she's going to bed. Before they get her into more trouble. Or worse. Get get them killed. Or expelled. Or worse. Expelled. She needs to get her priorities. She needs to straighten out her priorities. Is that how she says it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she needs to sort, sort out her priorities. I love, I love, it's a fun line. It is a fun line. Because of the emphasis of, like, worse, expel. Like, expel is worse than being dead. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, if you're dead, you, you can't go to school. Like, I mean, if that's what you're... You you're, could be a ghost. She could be a ghost child. I'd go to school. Yeah. So If dead. Hermione died, she would definitely stay at Hogwarts. Right? As a, as a child ghost, it'd be she, like a she would study Myrtle, every, but she'd be, everything. like, just walking around. Yeah. Still being a student and learning a few. It's so sad, though. I don't want to think about Hermione as a ghost. I mean, she died. That's morbid. <laughs> that is a little morbid. I want... I mean, it's morbid enough that I want an Myrtle is a dead kid. of, like, ghost Hermione with just a stack of books. A stack of books is going on. No, and she can't, she can't hold it. Oh. She can't hold real books. They'd be ghost books? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It'd be really sad because she can't open her book. Oh, unless she was a poltergeist. I guess so. But that's different. Poltergeists are spirits that exist beyond the human realm. They uh, they aren't people first. They were never people. They're just their own thing. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's different. Very different. Cut to Alnwick Castle. Again. We saw this last week with Sarah Mortensen. Yes. As we had our little flying lesson with Madame Pooch. Because it's the Quidditch area. This is, yeah, this is the, like, Quidditch training area, basically, is how they're using it for this movie. Because we see the Quidditch pitch in the background tomorrow, um, a little bit. But, uh, we get, a uh, Harry and Oliver Wood. I really like, let me first, let me say, I like the students outside their robes. Both okay. of these kids have sweaters on that I really, really delight in watching them like walk around in like just not 
not in the Hogwarts uniform, kind of dressed down. I like Harry's sweater a lot in particular because I'm pretty sure I had one that had a similar pattern because it's got this kind of like raised embroidery that's like a pattern that goes down his uh, like stripes down his chest. There's like a double helix thing. It's like a it's like almost like 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 a knit sweater. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, exactly. and then like, and then like Woods wearing like like a, a gray turtleneck. Like a turtleneck. Yeah, it looks black more than gray. Whatever. And his pants look gray. Like he's uh, wearing like normal gray slacks yep. and like a black turtleneck. So they bring out this uh, really beautiful box. Uh, Edward. Uh, Wood. I like him a lot. Uh, we 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 talked about him a little bit yesterday. Yesterday, Friday, last Friday. Sean Biggerstaff. <laughs> Sean Biggerstaff. Why you have to laugh every time I say <laughs> every his time name. I hear his name, I just feel like it's, it would be like <laughs> a porn star's name. I knew you were gonna <laughs> of say course, that. Of course, because his name is Biggerstaff. Like it sounds made up, <laughs> and it sounds like it would be some stupid pun for what like a porn star name. Do you think it's his stage name? Like that's not his real given. I mean, given come name. on, no, he's got to be like a teenager in this. Well, obviously, I, I'm not saying, like, I think he was a porn star at any point in his life, but it's just a really odd name that I can imagine, like, it's not, it just sounds Maybe made his up. dad was a porn star. Right. And his <laughs> mom was like, you'll take your dad's name. <laughs> no, not his name, his porn name. <laughs> it's, like, not even his real name. You're going to take his porn name for Sean whatever reason. Bigger staff. Bigger staff. You're going to be popular with the ladies because they're going to they're gonna just want to know. Hey, you're the one who's saying you love this guy. He's a handsome guy. I like him. I just think it's funny that like he didn't change any. He didn't change his name? Like, no, no he didn't change like physically. He didn't change. Oh, like, you're right. Look at yeah, him now. we looked at he him now. He looks almost like the look, same. Yeah. He looks too baby-faced for me now. Like, it was fine then when I was the age that I was when this book came out. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's a really handsome, cute guy. But, like, now as, like, a 31-year-old woman, I'm like, you look like a baby face, even you, what you look like now. What if he's, I think he's close to your age. He probably is, but he looks, like, baby-faced. Poor guy. And I don't like baby-faced dudes, sorry. Poor guy. He is... Older than you. Oh, he's older than me? No way. He's How old is 33. he? 33. Wow. I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm really surprised, actually. I'm like, whoa. All right. He he looks really young for his he age. He does look very young for his Good age. Good for him. He, is, he's a, he definitely has the definition of that really baby face. Like, his face did not change whatsoever between, like, then and now. now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. As opposed to Daniel Radcliffe, who changed a lot. Well, young. I mean, yeah, but he was a child, prepubescent child in this movie. True, but I feel like if his you voice, find pictures His of him, voice changes across this movie. Like, but I feel if you look at pictures of Sean Biggerstaff when he was, like, 11, like, he doesn't look any different than he is now. I don't know. This He was older than 11 here. I don't know what he looked like when he was 11. Probably not much different. Probably not much different, because, yeah, there are some guys that are like... Do you think you grow facial hair? Like he can he? You like like, like He some looks guys like can't. that kind of guy. Like some like guys a, can't. Yeah. Probably no. I would. Oh no. I do. I do agree with that. I bet you he can't. I bet you he's definitely one of those guys that can't grow facial hair. He's really pretty for a guy. Right. He's got really pretty eyes. Yeah. He's got like it's delicate features. He does have. Delicate it's interesting features. that they chose to have him play Oliver Wood. I really like him as Oliver Wood. I do, but you Oliver think Wood is like supposed to be more of a yeah exactly. I think the word they use in the book is burly. 
He's a, like, like a burlier looking yeah. kid of that age or whatever. Yeah. Like maybe he'd be broader. He's the captain of the Quidditch team. You would think he'd be broader, but he's just a goalie. Goalies don't well, have to be big. interesting. Yeah, I, no one on the Quidditch team has to be. In fact, it's probably to your disadvantage to be a big To person. be a big dude, yeah. Unless you're a Or a big female or whatever. Yeah. So I forgot. It's, it's, it's co-ed co-op. teams, which I think is awesome. Co-ed. It's, it is awesome because not very many sports are like that. No. No sports are like that. Professional sports are not co-ed. Are not co-ed. No. At all. Whatsoever. Not, not American. I don't but know about other places in the world. Professional Quidditch teams co-ed. are. Yeah. Which is amazing. Which That's is like, awesome. wow, see how forward-thinking they are as opposed to Americans? Yeah. They kind of emphasize that in um, Fantastic Beasts. Because yes. uh, they were able to marry muggles, muggles and wizards and together in a U.S. camp. It's like, oh, so ridiculous. It's kind of have that same thing. I bet you, I bet you, Quidditch teams in the U.S. aren't co-ed. Uh, Probably not. See, I don't know. They're just forward thinking. I guess so. I like that. I have a lot of Quidditch talk for tomorrow. I'm pretty sure this weekend is going to be. All Quidditch. Like, Quidditch through the ages talk. Okay. Because it's the... You have that bug, don't you? Yeah. It's the perfect time for it. So, I think I'll save that for this weekend edition. I'll give us some good information tomorrow, because I do have stuff about what we see tomorrow. But I think we'll do, like, the full depth of, like, the evolution of Quidditch and fouls and, like, all that stuff. Like, the the fun stuff. Uh, this weekend on Patreon. So, if you follow us at patreon.com slash hpminute... For less than $4 a month, you can listen to us do our weekend edition, The Quibbler. I've taken to, uh, every episode is a new issue of The Quibbler, because The Quibbler's a magazine. You know? Oh, it's that like makes a sense. Mm-hmm. So every episode is issue number whatever. Oh, okay. I didn't even realize that you I just started, that. uh, I, I went back and I edited the titles so that it'll feature that for everything, but I've been thinking about that since the beginning. Okay. So I think our next episode is, is issue, probably issue 10. Maybe by issue 10. Already? Yeah. Not insane. That is insane. That flew by real fast. Well, only because I'm pretty sure that fa- the Fantastic Beasts review is Quibbler issue number one. I think so. That makes sense. Yeah. So join us there. Get our weekend edition. Listen to us talk about Quidditch through the ages. And uh, join us tomorrow as we wrap up the week with Minute 65. Mischief, Mischief Managed. Genre.